All right, so we're going to have to play a little bit of good news, bad news here at the very top of the show. And hello, by the way, it is me, Pablo. Spoiler alert. Um, bad news first. Yeah, We're on vacation this week. I know. Um, but look, we're objectively overworked, I think. We are, I mean, look, our staff, we just, we just won an Edward R. Murrow Award, by the way. Shout out to our staff. They are incredible. Um, but it's the last gasp of summer, and NFL season's about to kick off. And we have a list prepared for you of some of our favorite episodes from this past year. And that's the good news, honestly, because today's episode, as you will hear, it's kind of a doozy. And so we're going to start with a story brought to us by Dolphins beat writer Marcel Louis Jacques, who accepted one of the most insane assignments I've ever given to someone, as we will explain. But his job was to bring us the story of the online cult that has been surrounding Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. And so you are cordially invited to take a journey with us deep down into the Tuanon rabbit hole as, yeah, we discovered just how far this thing goes. It is Monday, August 22nd, by the way, and this is ESPN Daily. Marcel Louis-Jacques, Miami Dolphins beat writer. I am honestly, I'm honestly kind of worried to talk about the thing we're about to talk about with you. You should be. <laughs> this is this is high level, high security, classified information. You know, not everybody gets to know this. I I I feel like the topic. It's so bizarre that I, when someone hears the word Tuanon, I feel like we need to explain like what it really is because I don't even know what you would think it is if you just heard it for the first time. Right? Like, is it is it a movement? Is it a, a, a person? Is it a website, a forum? Is it radicalizing Dolphins fans? I think <laughs> the answer to all of them is yes. <laughs> <laughs> so do you remember when you first encountered this thing that is kind of defining your professional life these days? When did you first encounter Tuanon to begin with? Yeah, so uh, I wrote this story on Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungabailoa once he return from injured reserve. And basically said, all right, like the Dolphins are one and four. They have to win these next three games. It's not fair to Tua, but the pressure is on. Like, I thought it was, I thought it was fair. Like, I thought it was objective. I thought it was not putting too much on him, but like recognizing the reality of the situation that like this guy has to now play out of his mind. Like he, there's no ramp up period anymore. Right. That sounds totally fair. Yeah, well, Tuanon didn't see it that way uh, at all. <laughs> and so I just got this, like, influx of DMs and replies saying, like, this guy's a Bill's plant. Like, this, why did we hire someone from <laughs> Buffalo? Go back to your wings and, like, all of this stuff. I was like, what? what? <laughs> I could not have been yeah. more fair. To be I clear, could... you came from Buffalo where you were the Bill's beat writer. And in, like, my imagination, right, like, Bill's fans... Those people, the people flying through flaming tables, those are the maniacs. You know, so I thought, you know, respectfully and lovingly to all the Bills fans that are like, I, I don't, I, and I mean this with love, but like <laughs> yes, passionate yes to a point where it's like, how does anyone love something this much? And no, it, it, it turns out there's more. There are others. 
Yes, because it is not just that Dolphins fans cultishly love their embattled 24-year-old quarterback, Tua Tungabailoa. It is that their love has resulted in something that sounds both insane and confusing, which it is. So I just want to explain this here as simply as possible. There is now a mysterious Twitter account that calls itself Anon, And that mysterious Twitter account, Marcel... It now posts allegedly inside information and polices a list of anti-Tua enemies and regularly drops extremely creepy videos. Greetings, brother. The attempt to sabotage Tua Tungalala has officially been neutralized. Despite numerous attempts to bring about his demise, he has persevered. We have persevered. So the account that posts the video dispatches, like the one we just heard, nobody knows who is running it. Nobody knows who's behind the Twitter account that went viral and took off. And the account's bio, it is very intentionally clear about remaining anonymous. We are two Expect us. And so we are ESPN Daily, and so we obviously wanted to know more about this story. But why, Marcel, why did you personally jump all over this assignment? Uh, I think because at my core, I'm extremely online. And like, I can, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's basically it. Like, it's really hard to just put it down and be like, all right, whatever, I'm going to go outside. Even in Miami, like, no, I'm, I'm still fascinated by this. So yeah, when, when, when I started seeing these just like, unhinged representations of of the Tuanon kind of ideals, I, I, I had to know more. I had to know why, and, and, and I just had to know this person. I actually got to speak to Tuanon. Like, I, I can't believe I can say that. I can't believe I can say these words out loud, but I spoke to Tuanon. May God help us all. You may have noticed that the human brain has essentially been eaten by the internet. And I speak from personal experience myself here. You may have also noticed that sports as an industry, as a concept, has never been so extremely online. I mean, literally nothing like the story we're here to tell you has happened to another athlete, let alone another quarterback in history. But of course, it is all happening right now in 2022. Of course, the lamestream media and the Miami Dolphins organization and Tua Tungabailoa himself are all involved in this, whether they want to be or not. So today, we tumble to the very bottom of the Tuanon rabbit hole, and we discover just how far it goes. This is ESPN Daily. So, Marcel, before we get any deeper into the story, I think we need to explain the groundwork for it. Like, why was the ground so ripe for a Tua Tungavailoa-centric conspiracy theory in the first place? Well, all right, so we got to understand, we got to take this back to, like, 2019. The Dolphins, they, they had been shedding talent, shedding salary and and, in more of a deliberate tanking way they put together on purpose the worst roster in the nfl 
in 2019. Yes. Like they were signing guys off the street on like Thursday and they would start on Sunday. It, it was a deliberate tank and it turned into this. Like, it was a true, no, it was a true race to the bottom, Marcel, in all of these ways. Yes. So like Tua Tungo Vailoa, who's the, the obvious number one pick, he was, you know, tank for Tua was such a, was a really popular phrase down here. Marcel, I remember the first time I ever saw Tua Tungavailoa, not to sound like a member of Tuanon here, but it was at that national title game, right? In 2018, and Tua Tungavailoa, a true freshman, comes in in relief of Jalen Hurts, then the Alabama starting quarterback. Tua Tungavailoa, a true freshman from Hawaii, gets the second half start. And he throws a 41-yard bomb to Devontae Smith in the end zone to win the game in overtime. Tungavailoa fires to the end zone, That was his introduction to the world, basically. I remember watching it live, screaming. I had no skin in the game at all. I didn't care what happened in that. I was like, oh my God, Like we just witnessed one of the best moments in college football history. So he was the next big thing. But in that time, LSU's Joe Burrow was having a season straight out of NCAA Road to Glory mode. So he took over that number one spot. The Bengals and Dolphins actually played uh, I think it was week 15 that season, the Bengals lost, and so therefore won the Burrow sweepstakes. The Dolphins draft to a Tongo by Loa, and that is how he got to Miami. Now, that rookie season, Burrow, excellent. Yeah. Justin Herbert, who went one pick after Tua from, uh, from the quarterback from Oregon, went to the Chargers, excellent. At number six, Tua at number five, right. Yeah, excellent. Right out the bag, you know, plug it, un- unwrap, take him out the box, plug him in, he's ready to go. Tua wasn't necessarily that. The reason why he even got his first start to begin with, the Dolphins were rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick and Mm -hmm. Brian Flores made a still pretty inexplicable decision to start Tua instead of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So instead of trying to make the playoffs and pushing for playoffs, they wanted to start the rookie. And he wasn't necessarily ready. It just wasn't there as a rookie. It was a little... I don't want to say underwhelming because that's not fair to him, but it wasn't Joe Burrow and it wasn't Justin Herbert. The point here seems to be that there is an argument here. Is Tua Tungavailoa just not that good or is he the victim of external forces? I think it's closer to the latter than anything else. There are so many examples of quarterbacks being so good fresh out of college that we kind of forgot that this is still a really hard position to learn. It's very much a, a, a dramatic step up uh, in terms of difficulty. At some point in the middle of this very nuanced and complex kind of series of factors that are determining how good the quarterback that the Dolphins took number five overall and really is, while all of that is still sort of being disentangled, the internet begins to surface voices. We thought it was a good time to go over some of the ways you could combat the Tua doubters. You can use this as a method to win over new members. We're coming inside from, from practice one day and uh, just inside the media room. And I'd been seeing this video circulate on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't paying any attention to it. Busy mornings, blah, blah, blah. 
moment the finishing blow and show them the 70 air yard throw to Bowden that happened just weeks ago. So finally, like, I get a minute and I click on it, and it's just this, like, distorted voice and dark mood lighting, guys sitting in there with a dolphin's, like, rubber mask on, just like, uh, you have been led to believe that too, that Tongo Wailoa does not have a strong arm. Like, it, I was just like, <laughs> not what I'm expecting at, at all. Like, not even close. Next is the narrative that Tua can't lead a team to victory himself. You must show them the 2020 Arizona game where he outduels Kyler Murray. I went in open-minded and was still blown away. I was like, this is, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It is. First off, your to a non voice is disturbingly uh, good. And now I have follow up questions about whether or not you're complicit in this. But but how would you even begin to describe for someone who has not seen this thing? What what this thing is? It's a person who dons a rubber dolphin mask, kind of like uh, <laughs> like instead of a Guy Fox mask, like anonymous does it is it's a dolphin. Yes, it, it, it's a, it's just, it's a dolphin, man. <laughs> I kinda, I, it's ex, there's no, it's exactly what what you're picturing. If you're picturing somebody sitting in a dark room with a rubber dolphin mask on, yes, precisely, yeah. that's it. Yes, <laughs> so correct, uh, nailed it. Like complete with a cult following and a catchphrase. You know, we are two and on. Expect us. We are two and on. Expect us. It, it rings bells. It resonates, man. Like it strikes fear in the heart of Tua's biggest haters. But like it, it's just, it's a really, really fascinating account, man. Like it, I, I've been obsessed with it since like the first time I saw it. And it is important to say that as we in sports media have been marveling at this cult that has emerged and this account that has emerged very much railing against us here in the MSM, as we are called, um, we don't know who this is. Like, this is a mystery. It is an active mystery. Who this person is running this thing, who this person is that you wound up talking to, Marcel. You are the first journalist to make contact on the record with Tuadon. And how did you convince them to trust you on that? Well, I, the old-fashioned way, how does anybody convince anyone to talk to them on the internet? I slid in the DMs. Like I said, uh, <laughs> I'm actually one of the few accounts that Tuanon follows. So uh, I, I messaged and said, hey, look, if you're interested, you know, we'd love to have you on ESPN Daily and kind of pick your brain a little bit. And I think like their exact response to me was, uh, we would love to spread the good word of Tua Tungle-Vailoa and just picture that with the voice modulator on. And <laughs> you basically, you've got the idea of what this account's all about. And once you get them on the line, Marcel, and they agreed to do this, it is you and Ryan Dantel, our ESPN Daily producer. And I have so many questions, but like, what was it like? Like, what they log on? You're you're on Squadcast or like video conferencing platform? Like, set the scene for us here. Well, oddly enough, man. So it was just Ryan and I for a couple minutes, just kind of going over our plan here, and then all of a sudden, like a, a third box pops up and this person is this man is just staring at me you know no name in the box it was just like a random assortment of letters and that's when it <laughs> hit me I was like oh my is this Tunon I just realized like wow I, I don't know anything about this person like I've never <laughs> set up an interview like that where like I don't know what you look like I don't know what you, what your name what your is name I don't know what to call it? you 
But, like, but 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 you now have a face staring at you. I mean, this is an enormous breakthrough in 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 our quest right from the start. Wait, what do you see? What does this guy look like? He just looks like a he looks like a person, man. Like I don't I I don't want to like give too many descriptors out because I know you know I just I really don't want to dox him. But you know he's not like wearing a mask to you know hide uh, hide his damage like Bane or <laughs> you know he's not a burn victim like the guy from V from Vendetta. Yeah, it's not like a phantom of uh, the Hard Rock Stadium scenario here. No, but honestly, that's a another excellent idea for a Twitter account. So if you <laughs> you know if you see that pop up, just know you know I may or may not have something to do with it. And, and this person, his voice. Like what did what's what did he sound like? How do you, what happened? So he didn't have the he did not have the modulator working at first, and uh, you know he was just we were just kind of like making small talk and you know making introductions. Then I asked him like, so are you like, do you have a modulator? Is it is it working? Is it functional? Are you gonna use that? He's like, oh yeah, for sure, and you know plays around with it a little bit. And switches it right on, and it, it was like uh, I was, and I was talking to Tuanon. Yeah, I would only use this, this voice because uh, people on Twitter know my real voice. Like now, I felt like I was really talking to Tuanon. It's like <laughs> Bruce Wayne versus Batman. Like Batman finally came out. How do we refer to you then? Like we just say say Tuanon, or you know, you're Tuanon, uh, Tuanon, or the Gluminati, or you know, whatever. I want to know what you can say that you know about who this person is. What do we know? Yeah, I, I can tell you he is a, a Dolphins fan, obviously, at his core, lifelong. He's a person. He's not like uh, living in somebody's basement and, you know, never sees the light of day. He's got a family. And he's got a job, like a, like a career. He's a nice guy as well. Like he wasn't dismissive or standoffish or anything like that. But one aspect of him, Marcel, that I do want to highlight here is that he was also alone, right? Like you summoned to Anon, you slid into those DMs, and one guy, exactly one, albeit nice guy, shows up on your screen. I think that they take, and I use the word they very deliberately, they take cautious steps to not be doxxed. Because it's not just one person. Wait, wait, what do you know about how, how, how many people are involved in this? It's not just one person. Oh my God. Two and on is a collective as well. Break <laughs> oh out no. another piece of red yarn. <laughs> Maybe this is getting deeper. So I'm in a group chat with these, with the guys that do it. There's like three or four of us. They actually said, if they ask who you are, say nobody cared who you were until you put on the mask. That's literally what they sent me before I hopped on. <laughs> Wait, Marcel, I am reminded that you just called Tuanon a Bruce Wayne alter ego thing before, but it turns out that you clearly have the wrong Batman character because this is just Bane. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. So we need to know why they first put on the mask after the break. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. 
One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So, Marcel, we now understand that Tuanon has coalesced into this anonymous team of three to four Dolphins fans who launched this account, who make these videos, and it all started popping up midway through last season. Why did it pop up in the first place? So it's to his second season, right? In week two against the Bills, he takes a hit on like the second series of the game and fractures his ribs. Well, it took Tua Tungavailoa over two minutes. He finally did walk off, but obviously, Matt, in a lot of pain. He's walking uncomfortably, and he just took a good hit. That's the nature of this game. Doesn't play for the next three weeks. During those three weeks, the Dolphins lose in disgusting fashion with Jacoby Brissett under center. So let's talk about Miami after a bruising loss. This one's to tough. drop the one and four, hoping to have Tua back. He needs to. I mean, this team really needs him to be the guy who kind of carries him right in this tough critical So Tua finally gets back. They go to Jacksonville and lose. And then they come back home and play at the Falcons and lose. They lose again at Buffalo. Miami 10 and 6 a year ago, and they're about to lose their seventh consecutive game. Brian Flores continues to insist that Tua is the guy. Tua has said he believes he's the guy. Morale is low. Of course, the critiques of Tua are not getting any quieter or kinder. The stress around Tua, the drama around Tua and the Dolphins is at an all time high. There's a lot of slander going towards Tua. It was the Miami Dolphins, weren't the Miami Dolphins anymore. It was the Miami Tua Sangobailoas. He kind of felt like, okay, enough is enough. Like, this is not all his fault. We are not playing well as a team. Too much of the blame being placed on Tua's shoulders. There's plenty of blame to be spread around. It's the ultimate team sport, and everything was put on him. He kind of decides that, like, something needs to change. I'm like, you know, there's got to be somebody that stands up for this guy. He needs to do something dramatic. He needs to set a tone. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make a centric account about him. Let's do this, you know? <laughs> Let's have some fun with this. So this is vigilanteism, Marcel. This is ridiculous, utterly absurd football vigilanteism. Yeah, it is. So, you know, it, it's at this point where uh, he and his buddies decided that, all right, we got to get this account up and running. So it's about, it's in November at this point. Dolphins are two games into what ended up being a, a seven-game winning streak. A lot of these these early posts, they're like that Spider-Man movies when he's wearing mm. like a painted ski mask and a hoodie or or whatever this like crude <laughs> yeah, mask is. Yeah, before he gets like the fancy technology, before the production values ramp up. Exactly, before he goes through the pain of wanting to learn how to become a seam seamstress, seamster. You know what I'm trying to say here. But either way, they're, they're like yes. memes with uh, Illuminati memes with, with Tua photoshopped in. Uh, there's a lot of gifts of like this just, I don't even know where they found the dolphin, but just this like dolphin with this dramatic music playing in the background. There are a lot of like promises of these like bombshell reports that are coming out. 
and secret anti-Tua agendas and all of this. No, they have this giant beef because the Dolphins are winning and still Tua is getting killed by his critics. Yeah, I mean, he's still like, he's still calling out critics. Like, I know there's a post that, you know, that's calling out a criticism of an interception that Tua threw. Uh, and they say that, like, Jalen Waddle slowed down on the route. And if you can't see that, then you're an absolute imbecile. And I have word you're a paid actor by Brian Flores. And, you know, it, it was fledgling. But, uh, you know, we kind of got a glimpse of what the account was going to be. No, at this point, I remember thinking to myself, all right, who is the JFK Jr. of South Florida? Like, who is, is it Tom Brady? I'm, I'm thinking of the full, yeah, conspiracy experience that's developing here. Yeah, and then, but, you know, over time, it, it's those those posts, uh, you know, wearing the rubber dolphin mask and the, the voice and the, like, distorted filter that makes it look like this, like, secret encrypted live stream. It, it became kind of like their, their trademark. It became their brand. We extend a peace offering. Repent. Repent for your sins and join to alone. We will forgive all those who ask for forgiveness, even the biggest of doubters. It was meant to be grainy videos shot in like someone's garage. You know, like my wife helps hold the camera. From there, it it all started to get traction. So within weeks, Big Cat from Barstool, he becomes, uh, becomes aware of them and gets on board with the cause. And mm. you start seeing it drawing more and, and, and more attention. And at some point, they post this manifesto, basically, Barcel, that establishes all of the things that they are demanding on Tua and the Dolphins' fandom's behalf. Yeah, so he, he did this, like, off-season guide for, for Tua. And, and the way he describes it, I don't even want to— I want to make sure that it, it's given proper justice, so, like, I want to let him say it. But basically, it, it was, like, it was akin to, like, a pop star writing a song in the studio and recording it, and they're like, yeah, like, this is about to be a worldwide hit. Was there ever a moment where, or I guess ever a moment, ever a video that you guys recorded that as soon as you hit stop, you're like, wow, this is this is the one. The Tua off-season guide. As soon as we, as soon as I wrote that script, I was like, oh, this is, this is going to hit, and this is going to hit hard. Dear Tua non-brethren, in light of the recent Tua slander done by the fake news sports media, you need to discredit the false Tua has a weak arm narrative. All of a sudden, we're on PFT Live. Mina Kimes is quote tweeting. Chris Long's talking about it. It goes on Rich Eisen. I mean, it was going everywhere. It was going so viral. My phone was going like crazy. I'm just sitting there in shock. I'm like, no way that this just went this viral. And I'm gained like on a Tuesday, I gained like 4,000 followers. It was insane. Point out that Tua is the most accurate quarterback on planet Earth. Tell them about Tua's clutch gene as seen in the Georgia national title game. And lastly, point out that Tua was clearly sabotaged former head coach Brian I mean, he had instructions. He had instructions for an army that he was building. He wanted to mobilize them against, again, the fake news sports media by telling them to fight against these narratives, by showing them highlights. He, like, name-checked the highlights that he wanted people to circulate. He wanted to circulate photos of Tua's off-season workouts where his legs looked big. I mean, it was, it was incredibly detailed. Yeah, it, it, it was. And that just kind of speaks to the level of dedication that he has to this. I can't even call it a bit because it's not really a bit like this is no, this isn't this isn't a prank. This isn't like a, a joke. He's he's a you know, he's a rational and a reasonable person, but like he's dead ass about this. Like this is not a <laughs> game to him. <laughs>
all of a sudden, Nick Hicks, to his trainer, reaches out and says, I want to speak to you on, on this Twitter space. Go talk to him. He goes, yeah, someone knows who you are. I'm like, we just made it. Like, we made, like, we made it. Like, <laughs> like, we made it. And so wait, hold on, because if this is the case, if Tuanon and Tua, if they are one degree away from each other via Tua's trainer, does Tuanon have, like, actual insider access or <laughs> knowledge? Because uh, the whole thing is insane, obviously. But <laughs> there was an example, Marcel, and I think you know the example that kind of shook everyone. They predicted, Tuanon predicted that the Dolphins would fire Brian Flores as their head coach. And yeah, I certainly, a lot of us did not see that coming. Yeah, correct. <laughs> that is extremely correct. So on, on January 9th, uh, just before the Dolphins' last game of the season against New England, uh, Tuanon account posted some predictions about what the team would do this offseason, and one of those was that Flores would be fired. Now, even though the Dolphins won that game and conventional wisdom would say, okay, this is their second straight winning season. Right. They didn't make the playoffs, but, you know, he clearly has some pull in this locker room. To, Overachieved, yes. Yeah, so, you know, he would probably be on a short leash, but he's going to get another season, of course. No, not correct. The, the very next day, the very next morning, Flores is fired. And there's this moment where it's like, okay, what does this person actually know? You couldn't definitively say this person does not know what they're talking about. No, but because before the Brian Flores lawsuit would come out, alleging a wholly different, far more legitimately serious kind of conspiracy around hiring and race, the mystery in the moment was, who the hell is this person who knew that this would happen and how did Tuanon know this? Exactly. I can, without a doubt, stand on top of a platform and say, this guy has no sources. Like, this guy is not who you think he is. This guy is not connected to the dog. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't rule anything out. So let me ask you point blank then, having done further reporting on this, was the call coming from inside the house? <laughs> the call was not coming from inside the house. This wasn't a case of a media member gone rogue or a front office staffer gone rogue. This is simply, I mean, he, he had a prediction and he got it right. And that's actually, it's not the only thing he even got right. He, he did pretty accurately convey the incoming deterioration of Brian Flores and Tua Tungvaloa's relationship. <laughs> it's easier to see if you're step back from the situation and be like, yeah, something's not adding up here. And it's holding him out of games, benching him, saying, you know, he needed a spark. It was obvious that Brian Flores did, didn't want Tua Tungvaloa. And from Tua's facial expressions, from the way he said things, from the, the way he acted, and his demeanor, and his body language, everything told it. If you're watching anybody for any amount of time, you realize, all right, his body language is saying, story. It's telling a story. And so we, we built a story off that, really. You kind of got to give people their flowers when they're due. And <laughs> congrats, man, because uh, not everybody got that right. It really does remind me, Marcel, like the key to a, a, to a good conspiracy theory isn't actually like knowing the truth. It's just being plausible enough to get people's broken brains going. 
Yeah, like it doesn't need to be rooted in fact because then it's not a conspiracy anymore, right? It's just, it, it is. It's, it's something real, but where's the fun in that? You know, there just needs to be a few things that make you say, huh, yeah, you know, explain that to me. Yeah, why is that? <laughs> just a few, just enough. Coming up, Tuanan, Tua Tungavailoa, and the increasingly blurry line between them. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Marcel, you have been covering Dolphins minicamp. You've been there for the last couple of weeks now trying to navigate to Anon with pretty much every update that you post. I've noticed this. You're like, as we talked here today, like you've kind of been in, in, in these wars. And how would you say all of this has gone, this offseason has gone for Tua in specific? This offseason for the NFL in general has been such a whirlwind. But I think that Tua has been he's not been like super in the limelight, but at the same time when he is the focal point of, of the internet, like it's like a worldwide event. He is growing more comfortable with himself as his coaches and and teammates tell us he's being more open with us, the media. Uh, We had a session or two with him this off season where it was like, who's this guy? Like I, I never saw this, this side of him last year. He, He seems like he's more in tune with himself, but to and on the collective is like as protective of him as ever. Like, because there's this narrative that the pressure is, is on him firmly. Like mm. the, the dolphins have, as you say, have isolated the the variable here and they've put an abundance of talent around him on the offensive line at skill positions. They kept the defense intact. They added offensive minded coaches in their mind. There won't be any, Oh, well, he had nobody to throw to. Oh, well, he had no protection. Oh, he had coaches that didn't know what they're doing. So now it's all on him. If if he doesn't develop like they expect him to develop, there are no more 
excuses. And, and I say that loosely because that's another hot word that gets people going online. But there's no, there's no excuses, not for him, not that he's making excuses. There's no excuses for y'all, for, for, for doing on. Yeah, let's talk about these excuses, Marcel, because about a month ago now, a different, a very different viral video came out. And it was taken at a Dolphins practice. And even to me, somebody who laughs at the idea that Tua is the next Drew Brees, it felt even to me like this video was an inside job. Right, Because the Dolphins tweeted this video out themselves, and it was meant to showcase Tua's downfield connection with Tyreek Hill, who is his new star receiver who came over in March in this big trade with the Chiefs. He is the guy who is supposed to help Tua refute all these criticisms about his arm. Yeah, so it's, uh, it was a, a deep ball from Tua to wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who's one of, if not the fastest player in the NFL. And... What they did is they tracked the ball from Tua's hands into Tyreek's. So you see it through the air and they put this slow-mo effect on it. So it just looks like it's hanging forever through the air. (laughs) And then on top of that, when it finally gets to Tyreek, he's like almost fully turned around to catch the ball. Like he had to like come back to it. And I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be a big thing. I was like, this is (laughs) going to be huge. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, honestly, the Dolphins, the Dolphins messed up. <laughs> I mean, also because I think the trajectory of the ball, there was a very distinct wobble. I mean, it was it was duckish, Marcel. The whole thing of like, yeah, Tua wearing this aqua blue fishing hat, dropping back, patting the ball, unleashing this slow mo parabola that is wobbling in the wind, and it's so zoomed in that the throw feels both very wobbly and also just, like, very short. It wasn't one of his better throws, let's say that. Like, in all reality, like, it didn't need to be picked apart like it did, but I think it's the fact that, like, the Dolphins' Twitter account posted it itself, like he was killing it, is what got people going. And so that, that video has, like, 7 million views, man. No, it's crazy. The cinematography, it's just like, if only they knew that these cinematographic choices were going to be watched by 7 million people, they may have evaluated it differently because it also played in, Marcel, to the primary alleged, according to a non-fake news narrative, around Tua's arm. Yeah, and so, like, the, the idea is that he doesn't have the type of arm to push the ball downfield. This is a mistake by Tua Tagovailoa, obviously, and, and it's just a short throw. If he if he had had more air on it and gotten it to the sideline, he had an open receiver. That was the main critique of him entering the league. It's one that has not gone away. And matter of fact, since 2020, he's 30th among qualified passers in average air yards per attempt. Uh, he led the NFL in completion percentage, you know, passes that traveled 25 yards or more, but he's, he only attempted 18. It's just the second fewest in the NFL. So, like, he can throw the ball. He just, he didn't. And that's kind of what he told, so I think it was Muscle and Fitness Magazine, uh, where he basically said, it wasn't in the cards last year. Like, it wasn't in the playbook last year for me to push the ball deep. Like, our plays were basically, if they we're targeting one guy, and if he's not open, then the whole play is dead. And that kind of tracks. 
It really is perfect fodder for a very football nerd conspiracy theory, Marcel, because you have this set of seemingly contradictory truths, right? On the one hand, the stats say that Tua is, in fact, the most accurate deep ball thrower in the entire NFL. But on the other hand, he does try to throw it less often statistically than pretty much everybody else. And so the question of which Tua is the real Tua, how limited is his arm in reality and why, it it does tend to feed whatever preconceived notion you have about who you're going to trust in this story. It's one of those, like, no matter what your idea is, you're right. And that's where, honestly, the argument about his arm strength kind of gets a little distorted. The argument shouldn't be he doesn't have the arm strength to push the ball downfield. It's about throwing across his body and throwing, you know, those out routes that have to be on a rope because if they hang, they're going back the other way for six. That's like the more reasonable argument. Like, Mm. does he have a strong enough arm for those off-platform throws? And it also sounds like Tua has sort of like had enough in terms of just quietly taking all of this. I mean, what has he been saying, Marcel, as you've been covering him at these at these mini camps in response to all of this discourse? That's the crazy thing. He's actually he's actually saying things now. Last year, it was just kind of like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll blow it off. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to focus on myself. This time around, I mean, last week, we saw him throw two deep ball touchdowns to Tyreek Hill, and he reminded us of it like three times, two or three times in the same press conference. I don't know if you guys recorded that last one to Tyreek, but... I don't know about you, but that looked like money. <laughs> One of them was like kind of unwarranted. I mean, there's this like, <laughs> hey, I, I don't know if you guys saw that. Like, I don't know if I could throw deep balls. Like, you tell me. If you've seen the third to the last play we had, uh, I don't know if I could throw the ball downfield still. Uh, but by my account, I think that might have been a touchdown to Tyreek. It's almost this like this spicy, brash bravado to him now where it's like, okay, I think he was stewing in silence last year. Yes. Like, I, I think he's sitting there angry. Like, I can't, why can't I defend myself? Like, this is crap. You guys don't know better. I mean, we come out to practice, everyone else, Twitter warriors, you know, keyboard warriors, whatever you want to call them. You know, they're not out here practicing with us working hard, so. It's like, oh, uh, hello, <laughs> person I've never met before. Like, I don't know what happened to Tua Uncle Vailoa. Who are you? It sounds like it's Tua Non Tunga Vailoa. It turns <laughs> Tua out. Tua Vailoa. I mean, but Marcel, he is taking on the sort of tone, the confidence, the pushback of of the movement devoted in his name. Yeah, it 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 is. It kind of felt like I mean, it, it almost felt like Tunan was in his ear. You know, if we want to talk about conspiracy theories, it's almost <laughs> like he had like a radio device in his ear. Like, this is what you need to tell these people. This is what they need to hear. Yes, this is a false flag. Like it, this was. It was incredible. And so, of course, it sparked a whole bunch of debate on, you know, oh, it's practice. Oh, this and that. Oh, he's not actually good, you know, mostly from from Bill's fans. But I, I think it's I think it's great because we had just heard just heard Mike McDaniel say that tour has been coming out of his shell and kind of coming into his own uh, in, in the facility. And then he's just immediately proven right. 
Yeah, Mike McDaniel, the new head coach of the Dolphins, he is very conspicuously unlike Brian Flores in temperament, in style, both in general and toward Tua in specific. Like, he's very, he's extremely bullish about his new quarterback. He thinks about um, the game of football through the lens of the quarterback position. Uh, and, and so been very excited about his development um, in terms of the, uh, the offense and playing and being the starting quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. It, it even sounds like he is Tuanon adjacent at times. It actually sounds like Tuanon finally has the head coach that they had always wanted. And so looking ahead, Marcel, what would have to happen, do you think, for Tuanon to actually hang it up? Like, what would it take for them to retire? What do they want? I win when their quarterback no longer needs defending. I think Tunan's got a pretty, I don't know if it's a concrete goal in mind, but like say if the Dolphins win a Super Bowl, he's not going to be putting up these videos anymore <laughs> in defense. Uh, Tua turns in a Pro Bowl season. I think he probably might hang up the mask or at least not break it out so frequently. But, you know, but as long as there is just active criticism against Tua, then there's also Tunan. Trust in Tua and believe. Everyone, even people inside the Dolphins building, will stop at nothing to tear this great man down. But like the old saying goes, the devil works hard, but to a tiger Viola works harder. So what does outworking the devil, Marcel, entail here? Like, what are they saying? Do you see Tuanon growing? Does the movement, does the cult actually expand? Does Tuanon go mainstream? I mean, they kind of they they kind of been teasing it all along, right? We are two and on. Expect us. Like, I think that you know, it's a little extra security maybe at Hard Rock Stadium. <laughs> Just imagine seeing an army of of, of rubber dolphin masks at any given <laughs> Sunday. I might have to go home. Like, I'd be like cautiously captivated, but from afar because I'm not a fool. All the fake dolphin fans talking bad about Tua right now? We are watching. Tread wisely. We are Tua now. Expect us. No, Marcel, I, I, I began this episode feeling a little afraid. I end this episode by saying thank you for making me significantly more afraid <laughs> than when we started. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. That's capital J journalism, right? Marcel, Louis-Jacques, thank you for your reporting. Hey, thanks for the platform. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.